So today we're celebrating the baptism of Chris and we, we baptise because Jesus did and also because he asked his disciples to do it. Baptism is so symbolic of what Jesus has done in our life when we commit ourselves to following Jesus as Lord and Saviour. And so as we go down into the water, we're identifying with Jesus' death and we're being washed clean by him. We're dying to our old self. And then as we come back out of the water, we're being raised to the new life that Christ has given us. And so, Chris, it's a joy to um, be able to celebrate your baptism yes, with yes. you today and, and just to hear some of your story. So 12 months ago, like you stepped into our church for the very first time um, and you had been, you'd visited a couple of churches yeah, before that, um, but prior to that you hadn't been to any church since your mum had taken you to mass as a kid which you didn't like going to and you (laughs) stopped going as soon as you could so what made you want to come back to a church yes um my daughter michelle she asked me do you believe in god because i've never heard you speak about him and i said of course i do and she said well you should do something about it and um i so we googled what religion are you? And I turned out to be a Mormon. <laughs> and <laughs> and, um, and then she said, she said, look, doesn't matter what, where you go, you could be um, Buddhist or, you know, like um, anything like that, but you, you should investigate it. So um, I just, um, I just took it like that. And then she's got a friend, we call him Christian Matt, because her brother's Matt. And just, to, and he said, oh, he, he, He's, you know, believes that the Baptist church are very judgment, non-judgmental and it would be a good start, you know, to, to go. So I thought about that for a while and, um, I, I, um, and then I, was, uh, I got really sick and uh, I, I was thinking, oh, I just need something to, to comfort me. And uh, then just before the operation, I went to church and I just... I just cried. I just felt such overwhelming with the um, uh, the energy in the room and and the just of the spirit and it, and it was like I was at the back crying, which was <laughs> a bit embarrassing. And uh, so I went to do two different churches, and it was um, it was. You know, I thought, oh, I really want to go to church. So I had my opera- operations operation. I had a awakening in 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 hospital, which was just blew me away it felt like god had met you oh i I was thinking what's going on here yeah and it was uh, it was just amazing and and so after that i i went you know traveled on and and i I was thinking when i feel a bit better i'll I'll go investigate and and my daughter said oh why don't you try the baptist church and her friend matt said oh Parramatta baptist church it's a large congregation it's got a really good name and so she came with me and when I was at the door and there was, they had the morning tea just finishing and I thought, oh, I can't go in there. It's too many people. It was like, I don't know, how hundred people or something. And I thought, it's just too, too daunting. She said, come, come on, come on. So we went in and, and I was really nervous. And when I sat down, um, I started crying because <laughs> I just felt the energy of the spirit. It was just overwhelming. And when I was looking around at the people, they were, their faces were so, um, had so much joy and smiling. And when the the um, 
this, the, um, the, well, the music came on, people were, it was a bit unusual, people closing their eyes and putting their hands out. Now, I hadn't seen that before, but I get it now. <laughs> and, and, um, and so I thought, oh, and I looked around and thought, these are my people. <laughs> oh, isn't yeah. that nice? A sense yeah. of coming home. It was, yeah. Yeah, that's so, so lovely. Um, so I've, and I was just amazed at people coming up to me, having a chat, and it was um, um, a non-judgmental, they were interested in what I had to say, yeah, and uh, not just being pleasant. And Yeah, and that's so, so lovely. And so like three weeks in, mm-hmm. I think you um, mm-hmm. spoke to one of the young adults in the evening service and yes, you said, yes. I've never read the Bible before, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. would there be someone who could read it with me? Yes. Um, yeah. So tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah, so I was actually on my way out, and um, so I was met with a young girl. She was probably in her late teens, early 20s, and um, I was, I, it was from the service. So I thought, I've never read the Bible. I want to learn more, just know a bit more about Jesus. And um, so she, I, I was, she's saying, well, do you want to read the Bible with somebody? And I said, I'd love that. And um, so she, she went and got another lady, who young lady, and I think she might have been one of the um, um, the the leaders and uh, so she uh, and then then I met you yes and, yes. Uh, <laughs> and I, I just felt oh we just had such a connection I've got kindred spirits so we that did feel yeah. like I've known you for ages but and in the meantime <laughs> God had been positioning me as well and so um, I had been praying for someone to read the Bible with mm. um, and and so then when we met it was like God had prepared both of us mm. and as mm. you said we've we've become fast friends yes yes um in that what was it like because I know you know you started reading the Bible not just when we were reading together because we've read together most weeks since then um but you you started reading it in your own time as well what was it like when you started reading the Bible for the first time oh it's like a page turner it was um it was yeah I was just learning so much I thought why didn't I do this before um and just his his life and the, the his followers they just in all with him and, and, and such a tough life he had with all the people who didn't believe in him and were mocking him. Yeah. Uh, it was just, I thought, he's so strong, but he was yeah, strong and courageous as, as we've been talking about. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. He, um, he, he just was fantastic and, mm. and such comfort, but he was strong. He wasn't um, like that story where the young, the bleeding woman comes up and tugs his um um, cloak. I thought it was a bit, com- you know, a bit of a com- comedy sort of, uh, uh, and it sort of made me giggle a bit. But I was thinking, oh, he's got that human touch, but he's, you know, compassion and yeah, yeah. yeah. You, I mean, you described it. We were talking um, last week, and you described sort of that shift from um, having a belief in God previously to having an awakening to relationship with Jesus. Um, so, you know, what's that been like to, to have that awakening? Like what difference yes. has that made in oh, your life? A lot, a lot. <laughs> so I feel like my eyes are open now and, um, it's, it just makes me smile and, and I've just, um, I've, I've just think I've become a better person. I'm a more, um, <clears throat> open and my anxieties aren't as bad and more confident and, and no, it's, and I'm just learning about him. It's just blown my mind away. It's, it, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it, it, 
it's like a page turner when you read and think, well, what's going to happen next? Like, <laughs> I know those nights yeah. when you go to bed really late because yeah. you're actually, I know it was like two o'clock and I was reading about our friend's soul and, and um, it was, and they said, oh, um, and then he murdered someone. I thought, who is this guy? Who is this soul? <laughs> and you said, oh, we'll find out next week. <laughs> it was quite a fun journey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, now, I know in the last year, um, there's been some significant mm. times when you've encountered God in, yes, in really yeah. profound ways. Mm. So uh, do you want to share just yeah. some of those? I attended the um, um, a Life in the Spirit and but prior to that, we had a, we were reading Matthew, and there was something about sin and forgiveness. And then it was like a big shock because someone's hurt me deeply, and um, I, I was thinking, oh, how can I forgive him? That's a that's a sin. And thinking, oh, I have to forgive him. It's you know, like it's 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 not right to carry that. You know, like Jesus wouldn't like me to. You know, that's to carry on like that. And um, and so uh, in the life of the spirit, we had an evening about um, that forgiveness. And, and I was thinking, oh, I'm not articulate with my prayers. So I thought you suggested writing prayers down. I thought I'll, I, was, I drove home. I was in the car park in, in our garage and I got my notebook out and I just started writing a prayer and it was just pouring out of me. And then I just felt this wave. Of, so you forgave the, yes, the person at that point. I did. I yeah. did. And it was like a lifting and there was a wave of energy. Like the car felt really full. God's presence was just, oh, you, you just talked definitely. about, oh my gosh. And yeah. it was in there for about an hour. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Says, Where have you been? <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was so powerful. Yeah. That, um, and, and I've let go. That's beautiful. And that's beautiful. But I didn't realise I was holding on to yeah. uh, any, you know, hatred or anything. I didn't hate them. But, yeah. I but God realize. in his kindness just puts mm. his finger on things through the word and, yes. and just brings them to light in our lives and has yeah. this kind of yeah. yeah. But it was just it, it was the timing of it all. Yeah. I I needed that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's yeah. so lovely. And I know there's been a number of really significant yeah. stories. So, um, yeah, look, honestly, you should get to know this lady and hear some of the stories of what God has done in her life. Um, let's pray for Chris before we get into the baptism. Lord God, I want to thank you for Chris. I thank you for the way that your hand has been on her, guiding her and protecting her through her whole life. And I thank you in these last 12 months that she's discovered more of who you are and that there's been times where she's been deeply touched by Jesus' kindness and grace and the reality of the Holy Spirit who now lives in her. I thank you for her love and commitment to you, Lord. And we pray for Chris as she continues to learn and grow ever more like Jesus. Lord, we echo Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. We pray that your heart will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope that he's given to to you whom he's called. Today, Lord, as Chris takes this step of obedience in baptism, we ask that you would bless her and fill her afresh with your Holy Spirit. May she know with great joy 
your presence in her, empowering her to live for you. Amen. Chris, have you committed your life to Jesus Christ as your Saviour and Lord? And is it your desire to follow him all the days of your life? On your profession of faith, I baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. How good, how good is that? I, I love baptisms and the way they just declare the goodness and the kindness of God and it reminds me of, of my own baptism and my own profession of faith. So Chris, thank you so much for sharing the way that God has been at work in your life over the last um, 12 months and allowing us to share in your baptism together as a church family. We love having you here and we love seeing what God will continue to do um, in your life. Hey, uh, my name is Travis, by the way, um, if we haven't met, um, but I also wanted to offer an invitation to anyone in our church who, who watches Chris's baptism and thinks, man, like God has been on my case about taking that step of obedience as well. At uh, the end of March, we will be filling up the baptistry, uh, and so anyone who wants to get baptized, um, please reach out, chat to any of the pastoral team, because we would love to have that conversation with you. Well, Here at PBC, I think it's fair to say, isn't it, that we love being in community with each other. We love getting to know each other and and share our lives with each other. So I actually wanted to start today by just a little bit of a discussion question, a little bit of a personality one to share with those around you. And the question is around uh, this, that that when you face a problem or when you're trying to learn a new skill or, or map something out for the future, and there's somebody there with kind of expertise that can help you, are you more likely to want to do it all on your own? So even if that means it takes a little bit longer, maybe you don't do it quite as well, you're just adamant that, you know what, I need to do this. You know, the kind of person that's driving somewhere and you get lost, let's be honest, and someone pipes up from the passenger seat, hey, do you want me to pull out Google Maps and direct you? And you're like, no, 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 I've got this, I can handle it. Are you that kind of person? Or on the other end of the spectrum, are you someone that's really happy for that other person to just do it all for you? Even if that means you never learn or grow, you're just quite happy to. And and maybe you've been sitting there and you've been trying to solve a problem on a computer or something like that. And someone with expertise has has come over and started helping and and then offers, well, can I show you how? And you're like, no, 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 you're good. You You just keep doing that for me. That would be great. So on that kind of spectrum of I'll do it myself, thank you very much, through to... I'd love your help and I'd love you to do it for me. Where do you sit? Uh, We're going to have pause, put a screen up and just chat to the people around you. All right, so where did you fit? Would you rather do it on your own or would you rather have someone do it for you? Or like me, do you recognize that actually there's probably different times in my life where I respond differently, partly depending on the circumstance and partly depending on the person who is offering the help or who has the expertise? And of course, there's two other options when we're trying to problem solve or we're trying to learn something or grow in something uh, when there's another isn't there. And one of those is that we actively resist the help or the direction of somebody else. 
Now, if you've ever had to bath a dog or try and put shoes on a toddler, uh, or maybe you're in a helping profession and you're trying to help people with addictive behaviours, uh, you actually know what it is to have that sense of someone actually resisting or undermining or self-sabotaging, even though you're supposed to be working together for their good. And the final option in this is, of course, to actively participate and to join in with the person that's trying to help and trying to guide and trying uh, to teach you. So what does all this have to do with lives being transformed at Parramatta Baptist Church in 2021? Well, for me, I think quite a lot. Because Jesus is not some long-dead teacher whose teachings we admire and we try and reference in the modern day. Nor is Jesus just a concept or an idea, a worldview or a philosophy that we are influenced by. Jesus is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, Emmanuel, God with us, the one who is present with his Holy Spirit. And so we live all of life with him and in his presence. And in his loving kindness, Jesus is constantly at work to shape us and to form us, to transform us. Jesus is consistently and lovingly and kindly at work in us, desires to work through us, and is working all around us throughout the world as well. And he invites us. He invites us to actively participate with what he is at work doing in us, through us, and around us, to join together with him. Right, to not be the kind of person that just goes, you know what, Jesus, I, I think I've got this, I, I'll, I'll do it on my own. Nor just to passively sit there and be like, well, Jesus, we hope you just zap us and do that work in us without us having to do lift a finger. And we certainly don't want to be those that resist the work of Jesus in our lives. We want to respond in partnership, in relationship, in active participation, joining with what Jesus wants to do in us and through us. You see, from the very beginning of Jesus' public ministry that we read about in the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, it seems to me uh, that we read of Jesus calling his disciples into close proximity with him. From the very get-go, the invitation is to come and to be with him, to walk with him, to observe what he does, to eat with him, to, to talk and to debrief with him to learn from him, to join with him in his ministry as he proclaims the kingdom of God is here and ultimately just to be with him and in his presence as his disciple. And so the disciples get to experience that for a bunch of years. And when it comes time for Jesus to ascend to heaven, of course the nature of that proximity changes. He's not a man physically walking beside them any longer. And yet there is a continuation of this proximity that Jesus has with his disciples, both then and now today for you and I. And so towards the end of John's gospel, um, we read of Jesus gathering his disciples before uh, his death and actually speaking to them. This is John 14 and saying, I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm actually going to place my Holy Spirit in you. And on that day, verse 20, you will realize that I am in the Father and that you are in me and I am also in you. But you can't get more close and more filled with the presence of Christ than that. And so the New Testament writers, they celebrate this truth. 
describing believers as those who are united with Christ, those who belong with Christ, those who have the spirit of Christ living in them. Paul in Galatians, he, he celebrates particularly when one of my favorite verses in the New Testament, he celebrates the intimacy and the unity and the closeness that believers have with Jesus. Uh, when he writes, this is uh, Galatians 2 verse 20, that I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ, but Jesus who lives in me. And it's astonishing for us when we reflect on this, isn't it? That this closeness, this unity, this proximity is with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. The one who will judge the living and the dead, Saviour, Redeemer, the one before whom every knee will bow and tongue confess that he is Lord. He is with us, in us, always. And so how do we possibly respond to that? How do we possibly live in light of that? Well, for Paul, he goes on in verse 21. He just says, well, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. It's a Jesus take the wheel moment. And for us, the same is true. As disciples, where Jesus leads, we follow. What he models, we imitate. What he proclaims, we believe. What he gives, what he empowers, we receive with thankfulness and we steward for his glory. And what he is seeking to do in us and through us, we joyfully join him in. Friends, in 2021, in fact, in all of your life, in every year, I trust that you know this to be true. That Jesus isn't a distant deity, but an ever-present Saviour and Lord who is walking with you and at work in you. And so then our response needs to be to actively participate in what Jesus is longing to do in us and through us, Uh, to intentionally cooperate with what we sense he would have us do or be or become, that we purposefully pursue all that Jesus has for us in using our time and our gifts and our talents, our opportunities in the ways that he would want us to use them. You see, we join together with Jesus in every area of our discipleship and in every area of our life. Not that those two things are distinct or separate. And so our theme for 2021 as Parramatta Baptist Church is as simple and as profound as that three words, together with Jesus. You know, not to state the bleeding obvious or anything, um, but it's been a pretty disruptive season in the life of our church and, in fact, all churches since March last year. And no doubt, like many of you, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to reflect on what is truly important and to actually challenge myself with the question, was my faith and relationship with God overly reliant on church programs and church events? It's a confronting question, isn't it? You know, am I still joining together with Jesus outside of my attendance at church events? Am I still connected with and joining with other believers as we follow Jesus, apart from our connection and bumping into them at church programs? And I think these are really good questions to consider if you haven't already. 
you know, it can be really obvious, but we also often forget that the movement that Jesus started was not dependent on budgets and buildings and staff-run programs. The gospel, the good news of Jesus spread and people were welcomed into the faith. Their lives transformed through everyday, ordinary people like you and me who daily took up their cross and followed Jesus. People who were disciples in the full sense of that word. And and Kathy spoke about that last week. And this is kind of part two, building on that message. So if you haven't watched last week yet, feel free to hit pause, go back, watch Kathy's and then tap back in here. But last week, Kathy spoke about that our desire and our commitment, our conviction as a pastoral team and as a church to see lives transformed by Jesus. And we firmly believe that the way of Jesus established 2,000 years ago is still the way for us to see that harvest of transformed lives. And it's in disciples, everyday ordinary disciples like you and me, stepping up into the fullness of what it means to be a disciple. You know, someone who loves God with, with all of their heart and pursues a relationship with him and allows that relationship to transform every area of their character and their priorities and their behaviors and their attitudes, their very identity at its core. You know, a disciple in the full sense is someone who walks alongside others as we become disciples together. And so there's care and concern and building up and accountability and championing the work of God in each other and and using our gifts to bless and to build up. A disciple is also someone who, who steps up into walking alongside others who don't yet know God, who aren't yet in a relationship with him, that they may become disciples as well as we're salt and light as we imitate the ways of Jesus visibly in front of them. As we look for those purple of and those persons of peace, uh, maybe they're purple, maybe they're blue, are those persons of peace uh, and share the good news of Jesus and the difference it makes in our lives. And we wanted deliberately these two weeks to sit together because, let's be honest, we can't do those things apart from Jesus. And we can't do those things as God intended apart from each other as well. That to be a disciple to love God, to pursue a relationship with him, to walk with others who know God, to walk with others who don't yet know God. Jesus has to be at the very center present with us as we step into those things. And the best way for us to do those, the way that God intended us to do those was in community with one another. And so the invitation this week, coming out of last week, is to make the commitment to join together with Jesus in every area of your discipleship and in every area of your life. All right, well, we're going to spend the rest of the year unpacking this more and continuing to speak into what it means to be together with Jesus as we step into the fullness of what it means to be his disciple. And so I'm sort of a little bit off the hook now because I can't cram an entire year's worth of content into the remaining few minutes. Trust me, I tried and the video went way too long last time. So what I want to do is actually just give you time now in the service uh, to actually discuss with those around you what it means to be together with Jesus in each of those areas that Kathy spoke about. What does it actually mean for you this year to be together with Jesus in your relationship and your pursuit of God? 
Uh, what does it mean to be together with Jesus as we walk alongside other believers to increasingly learn to live and love like Jesus? What does it mean to be together with Jesus as we live on mission every day? Salt and light reaching out to those who don't yet know Jesus. So why don't you take some time, uh, hit pause and have a really practical but also personal discussion about what it means that if Jesus is with me as the word says that he is, if he is consistently and lovingly, deliberately at work in me, he desires to work through me, well then what does it mean for me this year to partner with him, to, to actively cooperate and join together with him in those three key areas? Bless your heaps. I'm so looking forward to seeing the ways that God is going to work in us and through us as a church community this year as we partner with Jesus, as we do all of life and all of our discipleship with him and for him and because of him. Bless your heaps.